this is Sarah Mack and welcome to Creative Magic Club. Together, we'll discover inspirational stories of creative entrepreneurs living out their dreams, doing the work they are most passionate about, and building wealth in magical and fun ways. While building a six-figure income as a writer and coach, helping other women to launch their dream businesses, I've connected with so many incredible people and seen it proven again and again that you can thrive financially doing whatever it is you are passionate about. I'm here to share life-changing strategies for mindset, making money, and reaching more people with your work in a business and life filled with creativity, freedom, and fun. Hi everyone, welcome. I'm very excited to introduce my guest today. I have with us Tamara Lee. She's a money coach and she's on a mission to revolutionize the lives of women to do the work they are in love with, that they are passionate about, that fuels them, that makes them feel alive, that is their dream work while also being paid shit tons of money. She's done this through educating, facilitating, coaching, and leading women's financial empowerment workshops for the past 10 years. Hi Tamara, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm just, like I said, I'm super excited. And oh, by the way, I love your sweater. <laughs> oh, thank you. My brother got me this last year for Christmas. <laughs> it's my colors. Um, so let's dive in. Cannot wait for this juicy conversation with you about money. Um, but before we, you know, dive into all of your wisdom on money, I would love to know, like, what's your story? How did you get to becoming a, a money coach and doing the work that you do today? Yeah, absolutely. So Sarah, it all starts with a bankruptcy at a tender age of 26 years old, which I'm a 52 year old woman right now. So half my life ago <laughs> is when this journey started. Um, I went out to get in my car one day and it was repoed. And that was when I had to finally make some decisions and I ended up having to file a bankruptcy. This was all back in Austin, Texas, back in the day where I'm like, what do I do when my car is not here? I don't know. I got to get in the yellow pages. I have to call somebody. Anywho's found a lawyer, filed bankruptcy, but part of the discharging process of getting out of a bankruptcy is they still make you do this. You have to go to some type of a money management place or an education place where they teach you about bankruptcy and money management. So I had to go to my first nonprofit bankruptcy money management class, feeling very shameful, feeling very like, oh my God, what the hell, what am I doing here? This is not who I am as a human. I'm, I'm not that bad with money, but I had invested in multi-level marketing at that tender age of 25, 26. And let's just say I wasn't ready for the world of sales then. <laughs> so I had invested a lot of money to me, my business in bankruptcy. It's where I landed. So coming into that space of having to get discharged, I had to attend the class at a local nonprofit consumer credit counseling service. That there gave me my journey 25 years forward of learning how to be with my money, learning how to get rid of the shame, how to get rid of the judgment, how to feel like I didn't do the right thing at the time. How did I land here? And that has been quite a journey. So then I'll jump you to 2010. I moved from Austin, Texas, where this all happened, to Asheville, North Carolina. And I begin networking and I end up networking with a local nonprofit called On Track Financial Education and Counseling, who delivers and teaches financial education. I get hired and I become the teacher that teaches the discharging bankruptcy class to the people that I sat in that class 25 years prior. Wow. 
So as I taught them the discharging class, I was like, I know what you're feeling. I know what your experience is. I've been through this exactly X years ago. And so that 10 years that I spent educating for this nonprofit really helped me to like step fully in to this space around educating women and men as well, but mostly women around the shame, the judgment, the fear, the insecurities around money. So that's kind of like where my journey of money started. And then it took the coaching change when in 2018, I did a full year of a sex, love and relationship coach with Layla Martin. And I really got to deep dive into how to use like the body element along with the mind element to work with my clients and how to coach them. So I use a lot of different tools. Some are sexuality tools, some are mindset tools, some are meditation, visualization tools, but yeah, now I'm a one-on-one coach and you read my bio. And so that's how I started helping women in the last few years. Right. And I remember that you, you're, you work with somatic tools and I think that's so interesting. And I want to talk to you about that because yeah, I think, you know, just like normalizing the fact that people have shame around money is so important. And, you know, like I have been in that place. I was in that place. Like, so I didn't have any financial education, so disorganized, like really in debt and like very avoidant and not dealing with it. And yeah, and it got so bad that it was impacting my life. I had to like educate myself and build some skills and get help and support. And, you know, still like I speak to like successful six figure entrepreneurs and they, you know, they tell me their financial reality and like how much, how many challenges they have with just like money organization and money management. And there's so much shame around it. And so many women are like, is this like the worst thing that you've ever heard? Am I like the worst? And I'm like, no, like it's so, so normal to feel like in over our heads, disorganized, have shame, not feeling good enough. And And I know, you know, personally for me, like in my money mindset journey in looking at my relationship with money, it forced me to look at and process a lot of childhood trauma. And that was like, you know, it's like this visceral, like physical reaction that is triggered when we feel like a lack of security and safety or like unworthiness or just incapability to be able to do the, you know, these like money, basic like adulting, you know, survival tasks that really are required in the world that we live in. So I'm really curious to hear um, about like the somatic work you do. What are like the main challenges and things that come up with clients and um, like how important is that somatic work in the process of transforming someone's relationship with money? Yeah, well, what's so interesting and what I heard you say, and I've had the same experience is that Money makes you more of who you are or basically what your money story currently is. So wherever you start and address where your money story is, the more money you make as a business owner, as a coach, whatever that is, it's just going to exacerbate that until you heal that initial relationship you have with money. And so what I do with my work, somatically speaking, is I have a very specific type of a body session where we meet the inner child, right? We really meet that younger version of ourselves that started seeing what do we see with our parents? What did they do? Did they spend? Did they save? How do I take that information in? And then how do I digest it? And then how do I live my money life? Right? Because none of us are taught. Nobody sat me down. Tamara, this is... No, they told me how to pay bills and you have an accounting class, but nobody said, this is like how you relate to money. This is how it means who you are, your value, your worth, or you tie it all up in that. 
And so a lot of my work is untying those, those old money stories from past. And when we do an inner child session together, it really helps them to see like how these started forming and like where they're stuck and where they're still stuck today, whether they're 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, and then that's how we can start unbinding that a little bit <clears throat> by kind of bypassing the brain and dropping into the body and getting real quiet and just making some new connections to those pieces of them that have the wisdom uh, as well as their future self that we really connect to that already has their goal and so we start listening to those whispers of that future self. And again, we can do that more in a somatic body than we can in, in a, I'm going to think this through kind of a mindset way. Yeah. Amazing. Cause yeah, I mean, for most of us, unless your parents were like super financially organized and like wealthy and abundant and like harmonious, which like, who do you know who has that story, right? <laughs> like money is just a, a, has been associated with stress. And so, yeah, presumably like those are the, kind of um physical and emotional responses that are just constantly triggered on ones of stress so no wonder we avoid or like feel overwhelmed and so yeah I love what you're saying about just really looking at that connection in the body and how we've made an attachment to this topic on a somatic level and then being yeah it's almost like this image of like prizing the hands off off of that story and being like look this is another another way that we can enter into a relationship with this with this thing, that's money. Yeah. And oftentimes when I say your relationship with money is one of your most important relationships, I get sort of a blank stare because they, we, we don't recognize it as a relationship. It's this thing that either we have it or we don't have it, or we want more of it, but we don't know how to get it. It's this like inanimate versus it being a creative energy that's boundless, like creativity, right? Um, the energetics of money. Like I have a client right now and she just started reading the soul of money by Lynn twist, which is one of my favorite money books of all times. And, you know, I love how she just weaves stories into that as well as just some of the energy around money, how we give, how we receive, how we block money without knowing it, which again, when we drop into the body, I might be able to give, 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 but if I'm not practiced at receiving money, I'm blocking that same energetic flow, right? So I got to figure out how to open up and expand when most people with money really want to contract kind of in hoard, right? Because that seems like what we're supposed to do to keep it. But if we open up and realize, wow, like energetically, there's more money available to us than we know, but how do I open up that portal? How do I open up that gate? Yeah. And so sometimes the brain can't, can't get us there. Yeah. And it's so important to be speaking to women and to creatives and, um, you know, like people that you're not used to having conversations around money with, like really opening up to new possibilities, like new perspectives and viewpoints than just like the very limited, you know, there's been a lack of education and then like the education of the perception that we have had of money and how to relate to it has, you know, obviously been from people who we maybe don't identify with or, um, there's been resistance and, you know, rejection of, of the role models that we've seen, um, around money. So yeah, I love these conversations so much. Can you tell me in, you know, the clients that you're working with, like, what are some of the main like trends and patterns that you recognize coming up again and again, that you're like, oh, this is what's going on for you. And, and here's how to shift it. Yeah. Well, you actually mentioned it. So I would say the avoidance of money. The avoidance of looking at money, facing money, 
actually like, it's not that they don't understand money, but really like being an adult of the money, right? So they know how to make income. They know how to create money in their business. They might even be doing well, but the last freaking thing that they actually really want to do is to manage it or take care of it. They just want to get it off their plate. They don't want to have to think about it. They don't want to organize it. They don't want to figure out how to grow it. Like I see that probably more than I see anything else is literally just learning to face your money because what they believe is if I face it, it's going to get worse. If I look at it, it's going to be bad. And I can't tell you how many times I've done exercises with my clients to prove to their brain the opposite is actually true. When we look at their assets and we look at what their income is, great, 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 great. But they don't see that because they've never done the exercise. They're like, I don't have enough. Well, that one thought right there pervades all of ourselves because that's the water we swim in, right? I don't have enough. And I'm like, do you see the numbers we just put up? Like, how if somebody just showed you that, what would you say? Oh my God, I had I had no idea. I'm like, uh-huh. Wouldn't you like to grow that? I would. Well, let's spend some time actually looking at it and actually growing it. <laughs> Oh, so a lot of times it's just getting that courage to be able to actually face it, look at it and then go, I'm okay. I'm actually, well, I'm actually better than okay most of the time, but they're just so fearful of looking at it for fear of they're going to screw it or fuck it up, or it's going to go bad, or it's going to tell them they don't want to know something, which sometimes we have to face what the number is, but that's okay. (laughs) And so even practicing that I'm okay no matter what my numbers are, I'm okay. Before we get back to the episode, I have something exciting to tell you about. There were a couple of key things that changed everything in my life as an entrepreneur that allowed me to bring in six figures while working half as many hours and having more fun than ever before in my business. It was money mindset work around how I was doing business combined with getting good at sharing strategic sales content online. I know you know that this is your year to start hitting your 10k month income goal and living the life of creative freedom and fulfillment you have been dreaming about. You're ready to be consistently attracting total dream soulmate clients through the creative content you're sharing on social media and you want to be reaching more people, charging higher rates and working much less. So I'm very excited to invite you to join me in Freedom Club, my mastermind, where you'll receive tailored high-level support to master the skills that will create your dream life and six-figure dream business starting now. With focused weekly trainings and coaching calls to find the clarity on your content that's going to make you the most money, to design a simple fun launch strategy you'll enjoy following through on, plus daily support and feedback from me in the Voxer chat, you'll find that sweet spot in your business where you're the most confident in your work having the most fun and making the most money. Go to withsaramac.com forward slash freedom club to apply now. Now let's get back to the episode. Right. And I think it all is rooted in like our cultural identity in relationship to money. Just like this pervasive idea that like women aren't good with money or, you know, whatever it is that we've internalized that leads to that perspective of ourselves, which then leads to the behavior of like, oh, well, if I'm not good at money, then if I look at my money, it's going to be bad. And so I don't want to look like, it's such a crazy, like limiting belief that, I mean, this is what I discovered when I discovered money mindset. I was like, oh, 
like actually when I started focusing on money, like my life just completely changed when I just started looking at it and started dealing with it. And yeah, it's just wild to me that like such a simple, untrue limiting belief is like creating so much limitation in our world. <laughs> so please, everyone, everyone who's listening, look at your freaking money. Like give yourself permission to be good at it. And why else do you think it's so hard? Like why, why is it so hard to just sit down and look at our money? Because we make it mean something about who we are. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, we've been trying to keep up with the Joneses our entire life. And our society says what's in front of us is celebrity and everything else that's up above celebrity. And if we're not that, then I don't make enough or I'm not enough or look what they have. Like, that's what I'm supposed to, that's what I'm supposed to want. And if I don't have that, I don't want to look at things. Like, I don't want to face it. And the truth of the matter is there's always going to be somebody behind me and somebody, you know, in front of me, as far as where I am in my own money life, but it only really matters to me. And so I think that's the other thing is if we stay in our lane and we look at like where we are and look what our life really gives us, if you want to make more money, great, do it for you and your life and how that changes. And so one of the exercises I actually do with clients, another sort of embodied one is we actually put together a thriving spending plan where we work a spending plan. Hint also how many people on this planet do not actually have ever created a spending plan or budget. Yeah, very small number. So the first time they do this, that freaks them the fuck out also, because they don't even know how to put the number together with how much they would spend monthly for self-care body massages, for example, right? They can't even vision that. And so we spend 30 minutes and we create this amazing thriving spending plan where they want to go and they're like, oh my God. And then we drop it in the body and we find out who's not on board with that vision (laughs) because they're, oh my God, I can't speak my truth. Oh my God, I can't be seen. Oh my God, my shoulders feel so heavy when I think about this even happening. And so we just give lots of love, lots of attention to those places, right? We listen to what they need, which is mostly love. And then we're like, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to step this one step at a time. And then that's when we tap into that future self and we just start listening to her whispers. We start listening to how she already got there and we trust that she will guide us there and lead us the way. So yeah, we put those two things together, but I don't know, Sarah, if that directly answered your question or if I just can, one out of ten. No, I love it. I mean, even talking about it is making me think like, I think it's also a reflection of our very capitalist consumerist culture, which is like, be more, do more, get more, like strive for more. Like, you know, we all talk about our goals and our action plans and like what we're doing, like where we want to, you know, our dreams, where we want to be. But where's the conversation about around like nourishing and cultivating what we already have and what we already are. And like really, you know, it makes me think of the planet. Like, instead of just like taking and pillaging, it's like, well, where, you know, we need to be having more of these conversations of like what we can water our gardens, the sprouts that we already have, you know, blossoming and like really taking care of what's in our immediate environment instead of like constantly trying to go out and conquer and like build a castle and, you know, take over the world. And I think it's such an important conversation. And yeah, like bringing our bodies into that conversation as well and recognizing that, I guess, yeah, we, we pick up these 
these beliefs and these ways of operating in the world and then we literally like we embody those patterns and so I love that you what you're saying about checking to see which parts are not on board and then like dealing with that on a physical level because obviously our fears and our emotions and like resistances are really driving the show when it comes to the habits that we take and the actions that we embody um and yeah and it's a learning curve like do you have any um any wisdom around you know obviously you talked about making that initial spending plan but then really like integrating that into a lifestyle and kind of like yeah developing the habit in spite of the resistance and all of the stuff that had kind of caused avoidance in the first place yeah well most people are not going to like it when i share what you're going to ask me but i'm sharing it anyway which is to have some way of regularly being in conversation or a relationship with your money i call it having a money date so start where you are as far as having some type of a regular occurrence where you're sitting down and you're just checking in. So that could be once a month, that could be once a week, whatever is going to work for you. But like, have it be a time when you're open, you're spacious, go take a walk, do some yoga for 15 minutes beforehand, but get yourself into like a really okay, calm nervous system is gentled state hell, if it's on the evening, pour a glass of wine, and then just allow yourself to step in and look at your numbers without like really making it try to make it mean anything, right? Like just get familiar with the process of looking at it. And I'll tell people, I'll like set a timer for 10 minutes and go in and just do something that lets you see your money. If that's logging online, if that's creating file folders to organize stuff, like I don't care, but just notice that it's a relationship and if you don't spend time with it, how well is it going to do? So this is one way to start. And then the second homework assignment I love to give people is just to actually how they are connected to money is to write a letter to dear money. <clears throat> dear money, I, I hate you. You're never around. I don't know how to talk to you. I try to grab onto you and then you just leave me immediately as soon as I find you. Like, what the fuck? You know, but like like just let that relationship come out, tape it, write it. I don't care how you do it, but just let that be a starting place for how you notice how you are relating to your relationship with money. The more time you spend with money, the more money is going to want to be with you. Probably it's going to incentivize you to want to learn and grow and be a steward of that money. Right. But this old way of like, I'm going to avoid you, resist you and never look at you. That's not going to work. It's just not. <laughs> Yeah. So I just want to reiterate, because I think this is really important because this still comes up so much for women. I hear them. It's like, I just want to never have to think about money. And it's like, well, you don't say that about your soulmate, right? You don't say like, oh, I don't, I just want to have the love of my life, but I never want to have to think about them. It's like, no, right. you want a, a, a relationship where there's give and take and you're like nourishing and supporting each other. That's an ongoing conversation. Like you talk to the love of your life, hopefully every day, same thing with money, like the more you, you interact with it, the better the relationship. And I loved what you shared about um, the idea of like putting your body in a good state before going into a money day. I've not heard anyone share that before. And I think that's such a powerful nugget of wisdom, knowing that how much like physical response can come up when we start to look at our money and to just, you know, like that's something that I've really been leaning more into that really has helped me and really makes a difference. Like no matter what habits 
I'm looking at cultivating, just creating a sense of ritual around it and making small actions or processes or habits, even like lighting a candle and, you know, putting on some music. But I love that idea of doing some, some stretching or some yoga and then going in from a very intentional energy because that's going to really elevate the relationship, right? And your association with that thing, instead of just being like, oh, no, I have to do my money day. It's like really going to set you up for success with that. So I love that so, 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 so much. So like, what is the main, the main message on your heart that you just wish more people knew when it came, comes to their relationship with money? Yeah. I mean, I, I really just want women to trust themselves where they are and know that that's enough for them to get where they want to go. And what I mean by that is just what I've seen over the 10 years working with money is that we we don't believe we know enough. We don't believe we have it all figured out. We don't know if we're smart enough to figure it out. I don't know this retirement and investing and it all seems so confusing. I want somebody else to manage it. And yet when I work with women, we work on connection. We see one another, we support one another. Like we can open up to one another. And I guess I just want them to really see and trust themselves that they're talented, they're smart, they're highly capable. They've just put this one category label on it over here. And if we can change the label, like you just did with relationship and be like, I can trust myself with money. I can trust myself to learn what I need to learn about money. I'll be okay. I am okay. And I haven't even created the relationship with money yet. So what would happen if I developed that relationship with myself and trusted myself with money? Well, holy buckets, right? Now we're on a completely different level. Um, so yeah, just really entrusting them that they know they already know, but just to deepen that trust that they have for themselves and know they can develop that relationship with money to where they want to take it to. So good. Such an important and powerful message. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Please tell us for people who want to learn more about your work and what you've got going on. Like where can people find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook, um, Tamerly Coaching is where you'd find me. I've just entered into the world of TikTok. So I am Tamara Lee is where you can find me over on TikTok. And then you can also visit my website, which is just my name, TamaraLee.com. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you everybody for watching. Please share this with someone who you know could benefit and we'll see you next week. Bye. And please support the show by liking, commenting, and subscribing.